It's Friday, July 31st, and you're listening to a brand new episode of The Julian Dion Show. Today, we talk about shushing and getting shushed, hecklers at comedy shows, the use of the term good girl in gross ways, The Daily Dose with me, Jen Grant, your comments, and a whole lot more. And we kick it off with Roseanne Baker Thornley. And I wrote this song called Give Me One More Night. that I've laid here I just assumed that all the years would come and go and you'd be near all the nights you held me close we laughed about who loved who the most I never thought they'd disappear I can hear your heartbeat I can feel your breath I can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your lips against my skin You know that it's the hardest part To reach to touch you in the dark And realize that you're not here I close my eyes and try to sleep But it keeps coming back to me I always thought I'd be where you are I can hear your heartbeat, I can feel your breath I can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your lips against my skin I don't want to leave, I don't want to stay Give me one more night what I need to say I don't want to leave I don't want to stay Give me one more night For what I need to say said and sunlight is climbing up the wall I wonder if you really knew how much I wanted you I should have said it all I can hear your heartbeat I can feel your breath I can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your lips against my skin. I can hear your heartbeat. I can feel your breath. I can feel your warmth inside my chest. I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin. I can feel your warmth against my skin. I don't want to leave. I don't want to stay. Give me one more night for what I need to say. I don't want to leave. I don't want to stay. Give me one more night. What I need to say. Nope.
Why don't we do a take 10? Wait a minute, let's start again. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Ron Vodri. This is Alex Nussbaum. This is Jason Fraser. This is Matt O'Brien. Hey, this is Ray Zwicker. All right, world. My name is Cal Post. Guys, this is Christina Walkinshaw. This is Eddie Delaseppi. This is Adrian Spencer. Uh, my name is Timo. And you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Who am I talking to? What am yeah. I doing? Julian Dion Comedy, Comedy Hour. You're okay. listening to the. Comedy hour. See, I took the word out comedy. Changes the meaning completely, doesn't it? Not really, I'm overworking, but days in the holidays. Happy holidays. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Now broadcasting live and totally uncensored. <laughs> From Lemon Press Studio in the beautiful Gatineau Project. I was like half asleep on the couch and now I'm projecting. Hey everyone, this is Christian Potenza. This is Gay Trevor Wilson. This is Jean Paul, aka the Island Hipster, hashtag hipster business. This is Steph Tola. Hey, this is Jake Goldsby. This is Sky Wallace. Hey everybody, this is Erica Sigurdsson, aka Ricky Six. Hey, hello. Hi. This is Howard Wagman. Hey, this is Peter Anthony, the PA system. This is Matt O'Brien. Some people like to, that's my rap name. This is Jen Grant, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Show you and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion. It's, it's a show. It's not an hour. It's a show. It's okay. Friday live, or uh, Friday, July 31st, broadcasting to you from Lemon Press Studios in the beautiful Gatineau House. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Jen Grant is with us. Good morning. I can't find, do you know where the scotch tape is? Oh, I might have used it. Oh, well, your headshot's not up. Do you want me to go get it? Well, it's for your headshot. I mean, the show started now, so... Yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to... Here. Imagine my face up there. This is Jen. This is Jen from uh, a few years back. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> and usually she's up here. <laughs> but... Okay. Um, no problem. Did you recall taking the scotch tape from the office? Yes. Oh. Correct. Well, there you go. 
correct. No, I don't Yesterday. want you to go looking for it now. Okay, no started. problem. I am good. We are live. Live oh, and I know. direct. Uh, oh, happy Friday. Yay. Oh, I can't stand that term, but I use it every week for some reason. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm a sheeple. Sigida. Sigida. <laughs> don't take my things. Well, your things are uh, catchy. Uh, the pre-show song by the wonderfully talented Roseanne Baker Thornley. What a nice voice. Roseanne Baker Thornley, our friend and yours. RBT Music. Roseanne Baker Thornley, everybody. That song, when she played it on the podcast in early 2017, I interviewed her. I cried, actually. It's about her friend that, uh, a friend she lost. It's called uh, Shit. Give me one more night. Let's go with that. Roseanne Baker Thornley, check her out. Anyway, so thanks for being with us uh, this morning. It's Friday, and as I do, keeping up with tradition, I'm going to crack open a non-alcoholic Heineken. Whoa. Here we go. Are you ready for it? Oh, because you know what? And I say this every time. You pop one of these bad boys open on a part at a party or at any time at, during like nighttime. Well, yeah. Why can't I talk this morning? <laughs> and it's a bummer. People are like, oh, can't just have a real one, would ya? Jeez. <laughs> but then you, uh, in the morning, you crack mm-hmm. one of these. It's like, all right, good. I like your attitude. <laughs> good, yeah. I like your style. So I'm, if I'm encouraging you to have a real one, here, cheers. Mm-mm. Oh, yes. Reminding you that, of course, we are live on Facebook as we are Mondays through Fridays at 7 a.m. and then available on demand as of 9.30 everywhere you get your podcasts. What about Spotify? Yep, Deezer, uh-huh. Glad you asked. Tuned in radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that. Uh, sorry, I'm a little bit late this morning. I was going live at 6.54 with the pre-show song and then I... Really needed to poop for a second time. Oh, so. come on. Well, what do you mean, come on? That's just the reality of being being human. We, But we don't need the details of the poop. There's no okay? details. Well, we don't need to know. There's no that's details. Why. I just, just lie next time. No, nope, I'm an honest now person. Now we're all thinking about your poop. Well, we don't that's need on to you. I feel bad for you then. Oh, my goodness. You don't have to. Uh, I think it's the sip of coffee I had. I had a tiniest sip. <laughs> Can you please tell the story? What's the story? Morning How, glory. The circumstances. No, I know. Oh, yes, I know. Of course. Uh, Jen was meditating. Bung. I was that's doing her, my meditation. That's her thing that happens. Her timer. What is it? Five minutes you said it for? Um, this morning I did six. <laughs> now, is the goal to increase to like an hour? No, I mean, I could see. I wonder meditating for an hour. Does that go nice. by fast? I I really like it. Like the more I do it, the more the, I like it. The longest I've ever done is like twenty five minutes or thirty minutes. It's pretty nice doing the master key system where you don't move a single muscle, nothing at all. You just sit there and. Yeah. Um, definitely. By the hard. way, if you are watching live on Facebook, we always love to hear from you, so please uh, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, give us some uh, anything. Some well, questions Mil- or comments. Miller says, nice shirt. Oh, thank you. It's doubled. It's, whoops. <laughs> what? <laughs> the button just popped open. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. 
it's whip your tit Friday. Whip your tit out Friday. Friday. Fry titty. Uh, fry titty. Oh, I like that. Yeah, forget Friday. Fry titty. Whip them out if you're <laughs> if you have them and you're watching. Whip them out. Send us a screenshot. And then oh my god. <laughs> the may the best titty win. And by the way, that's not just a woman thing. Uh, man or woman, whip those things out. Nice. If you're able to. Nice save. What do you mean? Nice save. I'm a. I'm a person of all tetes you like all tetes yes male females they they um so anyway jen was meditating and i she had a little sip of coffee uh next to her a little because i woke up feeling kind of groggy had a cold shower was still feeling groggy and thought oh shit do i make a coffee as you may or may not know, I'm always quitting things. It's I'm addicted to quitting things. I have such an addictive personality, I'm addicted to quitting things. And my friends are always chirping me, What what is it now? A coffee, booze, is fun. And so this morning, I uh, and it's been coffee and booze and everything for 73 days now. Woo. <laughs> And then uh, I was debating, oh, do I, oh, oh my God, what do I do? And so Jen's meditating and I see, what is it? You, you made a latte? I make this uh, coffee in the morning with... Jeez, oh, uh, a yes or no answer would have been... It's not though. Oh. I, I can't do that. Anyway, I okay, it's a special coffee that I make because I can't have dairy, so like milk. So I use almond, or oat milk and a little bit of oat milk, a little bit of soy milk. With this thing called MCT oil, which is um, really good for your brain. It kind of gives it this like th- nice silkiness. And then I put it in the blender. It's so good. And I cherish every sip and go ahead with the story. Every sip I enjoy. Are there are no more details you could throw in there? Go ahead. I So there's like, I don't know, two sips left. And her eyes are closed and she's in the zen zone. That's what I call it. When I go mm-hmm. meditating... If you need me, I'll be in the Zen zone. Zoning out, zenning out in the zone. Anyway, uh, and I just uh, chugged it. It was cold. They didn't think you wanted it. It was uh, There was like a little oh, bit I left in the mug, it. and I chugged it. And uh, didn't really do anything other than make me uh, have to poop right away. Well, I think you're... Well, I don't know. But Simon says, good morning, watching from the washroom, so you're not alone. Simon. Um... Yeah, anyway, so that's that. It's Friday at a sip of coffee, having a non-alcoholic beer. It's debaucherous Fridays, everybody. I'm excited for the weekend. I think this weekend is one of the first that I have nothing in a long Ooh. time. You're, you had a show. Yeah, yeah. I had a show in uh, La Chique, Quebec. I was excited. It was going to be the first time doing an hour since the lockdown, since this whole pandemic. By the way, I'm being sarcastic when I call it that. I know, obviously. I know you know, but maybe people are like, oh, good, he's on our side. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was the first time doing a long That's set. Like, and I'm I was, sorry to interrupt, but you know when oh you're doing, you know when you're doing shows and you do like a sarcastic joke about racism, trying to make a point, a clever point. You know, the sarcastic then, racist jokes that we all do. <laughs> no, but you know, you know, like sarcasm. Whether it's racist or something. How many racist, sarcastic, racist jokes do you have in your act? I don't. But if you're trying to like make a point by right. being sarcastic mm. and clever and, you know, 
Uh, it's always, uh, you have to be careful with that because there could be people in the crowd who take it literally and then they're like, oh, you're my favorite comedian. Right. That's their voice. Okay, go ahead. And Sorry. yeah, I had a show in uh, Latik, which is about six, six and a half hours away from here. I mean, I was going to do it. It was worth, I was looking forward to it actually, but uh, it was canceled yesterday, the day before. And your true feelings come out when a show's canceled because I was relieved. <laughs> well, really, it was just the, the travel that was... I was looking forward to actually doing the show, but wasn't looking forward to the driving yeah, and that's staying the, overnight in a motel or hotel. I hadn't done that since quarantining, since pandemic. True. Anyway, so that's canceled. So I've got the weekend off. I've noticed a lot of gigs... Well, a lot. I've had three gigs that were booked since returning since restrictions have been lifted somewhat since phase three or two or whenever things started getting booked and uh, things are canceling fast because people i think people aren't super two parts i think people aren't ready to go out necessarily yeah they're still kind of like Yee. and venues are not necessarily taking the risk uh, on uh, walk-ins whereas before this whole thing if you had a X amount of tickets sold beforehand, right, that makes sense. They'd be like, "Oh, well, it's just you can expect to at least double that on walk-ins. We'll just take the take the chance." Well, now, I mean, they've had a knife to their throats for the last four months. They're t- not taking any chances on potentially right. losing their shirt one on one more night. Right, that makes so sense. So I had three. I had one on Thursday night, last night. That was supposed to happen in Gatineau. One ticket was sold to that, so that was canceled. I mean, and one ticket out of, you could only sell, I think, like 50 or 60 tickets to that one. So one was sold, canceled. This one on Saturday, 50 tickets were for sale. Because again, you got to keep in mind social distancing and all that. And 13 were sold, so they canceled. And then I had one in a drive-in in August... And that was canceled because it just became, I guess, too expensive. Because if it's just a regular drive-in, it's no problem. Or if you're just doing a show. But this one had a big screen. Mm. And so they had to get cameramen and sound. Like mm. It was a big production and the cost just became too much. So they canceled. They couldn't rely on, you know, tickets weren't selling ahead of time. So I think people were all gung-ho, bookers and promoters and producers as soon as things started easing up all these shows were start- but i had almost all of them canceled i mean i've done a handful i've done went to five shows but three so three out of eight were canceled mm-hmm. which is fine there's no rush i just want to practice this uh set i keep talking about that's happening in august but whatever i'm okay mm-hmm. with uh so i'm excited for the weekend just to do nothing yeah. Nothing, honey. I love it. I love it. We started watching a new show yesterday. Indian Matchmakers. Anybody seen it? It's on Netflix. It's number eight trending in Canada. And it's basically trash TV, which we love. Mm-hmm. Well, I love. It's better than trash TV. It's though. better because it's a different culture, so you're feeling like you're learning. <laughs> it's, the, it's the only reason, but it's totally trash <laughs> TV. There's the, It's because it's... It's focusing on pairing Indian couples, Indian people. It also people. seems like real people, though, too. It's not like, 
you know, twits like on Too Hot to Handle. Uh, I think that's just a cultural thing. I don't know about that. It's, it, it is genuinely, it, the other difference is that there are people on this show that are looking for relationships like marriages versus. Uh, love is blind. They're looking for marriages. Hello. Are they? Yes. They've, they've, they they is, engage is, each other without seeing each other. Engage each other. Yeah, but I don't, I feel like that's just a, that's a silly game. Like this is an actual matchmaker who's the number one matchmaker either in a city You're in, in India. Yeah, in Mumbai. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in denial. You're in denial. It's trash TV, but because it's uh, Indian, we're like, oh, we're we're sophisticated, we're worldly, we're cultured, we're tra- It's it's total trash TV. It's I, a dating sh- show that follows people going on dates. Maybe you but see it the the one that's like a lawyer that. who's like, no, I don't need. Nah, nah. It's like it's trash TV. How is it not? I don't know. I feel like it seems more genuine. It, no, you're just in denial. Yeah, but come on, that lawyer's mother, she's such a bitch, and I don't think she's acting. Like, so that's which part real. of that is not trash TV? You're watching people act ridiculous. How is, it, how is the mother not ridiculous? How is that lawyer not being ridiculous for their expectations and partners? So totally, but I know someone like, I know, pr- we all know people like that. I know Anyways. people like on Too Hot to Handle. Who? I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but... So the premise of the show is because uh, in um, in some cultures, arranged marriages, they don't call them arranged marriages, arranged marriages. They just call them marriages. Lo- oh, yeah, right. And then other marriages, which the more traditional marriage that we know that are not arranged, they call them love marriages. So there's marriages and love marriages. Marriages... It's really more seen as like two families coming together rather than about the two people. Of course, it is about the two people. It's a it's a marriage, but it's uh, you know two families that often know each other to a certain extent that have you know ties in the community and whatever. So they arrange a marriage. It sounds when it's a foreign idea to you, you're like, oh my god, that sounds like it's a violation of somebody's rights, but. These, the, 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 I mean, on record, they sh- they last forever. A lot of them, and um, so a lot of the parents on this show, the parents of the people on the show, have arranged marriages or straight up marriages as they know it. And to them, it's more a love marriage is more weird. It's like ooh, because you can go outside of the norm and may- maybe marry somebody that's not in your culture or religion. Hmm. What do you mean? Hmm. You were watching it with me. How no, are you surprised at that? Hmm? I was reading a comment. Oh my god. I'm also listening to you too. Yeah, I know, but your reaction was. <laughs> hmm. I'm talking. Well, oh. you know why this is cute because there's, there's, like our podcast is is reaching people in Germany, which is and and my uh, my good friend Silka, who I met. Um, years ago in Toronto when she was visiting here in Canada and now we're connected. That's one good thing about Facebook, you know, it really keeps you connected. Um, so she's what, she's a, a loyal viewer and listener to the show, which we love. Thank you, Silka. And also, um, now we have another listener from Germany No way. who is speaking German with Silka in the comment thread. That was your reaction while I was talking. Yes. That was your out loud. This hmm? is this is the, yeah. But uh, how, how could you not? How could you not internalize that? 
I don't know. Hmm. I'm like, hello. <laughs> so and Chris the, says, hey, Luca Scara, that's his name. And then what's his um, name? Luca. What did you say after? I probably said it wrong. Yeah. So anyway, he, he responds. Silka will laugh at the way I say speak German. Why get s s dear hof gut full dick? Oops. Get root mine lieb, and it means how are you? Hope you feel good hugged, my love. That's what the translation says. Mm. Hope you feel good good hugged, my love. Cute. Maybe it's hugs. Like hugs, because sometimes those translations are weird. I was hoping for this day to arrive where another German would uh, tune in. So, uh, good afternoon in Germany. It's one twenty-eight p.m. in the afternoon. I'm having uh, Heineken, which is not German, but uh, here <laughs> it's non-alcoholic. It's my second one. This is whoa, a crazy Friday. Whoa. Anyway, let us know in the comments if you've been watching Indian Matchmaker because it's uh, very good. It's trash TV, even though Jen is in denial about it. Denise said that she started watching it too. And she said, I asked her if she thought it was like trash TV. And she said, I feel the desperation from everyone to get married. What is that? Very cultural, I think. I am waiting for it to make sense. It's cult. I don't think there's gonna. It's gonna make sense, or there's gonna be this big reveal. I think it's just following. It's a reality TV show. It's trash TV, like total trash TV. But again, because it's a different culture, we're like, oh, we're being sophisticated and, and educated. Yes, we're now well traveled. <laughs> but it's it happens in the states. It's Indian Americans, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so wow. Have another zero percent. What was I gonna say? Have another near beer. Ah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make it funny and entertaining while you go. Uh, uh, uh. I'm waiting for. Oh, everybody's desperate to. Yeah, so desperate to get married. That's not necessarily a cultural thing. It's that's also a small town Canada thing. I remember. I mean, of a certain age, I, like coming from a small town in Canada, people were obsessed with getting married. It was like, okay, you go to high school, you get out, you get an education, then you get married, get the house, get the kids, and that's it. Like that was the goal. And I, I remember having friends in, by in, by twenty five feeling like they were, you know time to get be brought out to pasture because they were uh, <laughs> 25 years old and single and not married yet with children but then you move into cities it's not a big city mentality <laughs> it's it's like it's not even a thing in the cities it's like career first hustle everybody's building an empire and then the other things will fall into place eventually the the partner the the house the kids i remember a friend of mine uh, broke up with his girlfriend when he was 30. This is in back home in New Brunswick, in Shidiac. At 30 years old, we were living in Toronto and we were visiting, and another buddy of mine was like, oof, I would not want to be single at 30. I can't even imagine. And I'm like, what the hell? Why? I mean, <laughs> so I think it's not necessarily a cultural thing. I mean, definitely it, it's different for every culture the value they put behind that but it's also a small town value that's yeah um sometimes 
you focus on that and and then and I remember one time I had a friend who was 22 or 23 maybe even like 20 or 21 getting married and uh, my sister Mary Jo who was who's been living in Vancouver for 20 years so we only see each other a couple times a year she was uh, visiting in New Brunswick while I was still there and I was like oh I was torn I was feeling bad because I'm like my friend from school she's that I went to high school with is getting married and um, you know I I, I want to hang out with you my sister and I don't get to see you a lot and and so I was like kind of torn about it and my sister goes how old is she and I was like 21 she goes oh my god that's insane she goes just go to her second wedding and laugh 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 and she's currently engaged right now to her second person (laughs) she's divorced (laughs) who's that I'm not gonna say oh yeah right sorry Oh my god. No, I forgot. I'm so comfortable on the podcast. I've like forgot. You know what I mean? I got so comfy. I felt like we were just hanging out. Like making fun of someone. Can you remember to tell me later? Yeah. I don't think you know this person, but Okay. Anyway, so um they're now engaged to a second person. They're divorced. They're 36 years old. And uh so yeah, I don't know. What's the point of that? We don't know. What's the point of anything today? Nothing. Got some funny comments here. Get to it. So Miller says, "Did you just shush me? Remember when you shushed me?" Yeah, I, that was a joke. It didn't. Uh, it didn't come across. It's hard to shush someone jokingly. It's true. If you don't know our dynamic. Oh, the old defense of the dynamic. It's so abrasive. Miller goes, "Jennifer Grant, your reaction was hilarious." Thank you, Miller. Thank you, Miller. Miller's always in my corner, and that's the, why uh, I love her. Yes, she's great. So PM says, got all of those in in this order. Got all those in this order, but started at 28 with the kids at 32. So he basically did what you said. A little later, though. That's, that's all right. A little later. I mean, oh, I'm, yeah, there's no judgment sure. on, oh, no. on anything. I'm just saying that's how Everybody's things happen in small path. towns. Of course. Yeah. And I get it. I totally get that. Yeah. You know, when I was a lot younger, I always thought I'd have like a big family and have lots of kids. I always thought that because I love babysitting and I like kids. And 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 then, you know, you get older and you realize, oh, and then my sister had kids when she was really young. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of work. And then I wanted to be a comedian. And I'm like, well, that just won't fit. So try to be a comedian on the road with kids. I mean, that's really hard. You could so, open every show with, so my kid's in the car. <laughs> Don't worry, I <laughs> left a <it> crack. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've never heard that before, eh? Um, Kevin says, near beer, all the calories, none of the benefits. <laughs> yeah, Jason Lamb out of- Oh, wait, I was going to do that. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Care. Go ahead. I'm glad you're quoting and Jason him. Lamb, a great, un- big time underrated comedian in uh, Vancouver. Well, uh, Vancouver and Victoria. Now he's in Victoria. He was in Vancouver forever. You've known him in Vancouver, right? Yes. He has a, n- the and best. And I used to see him do this joke all the time. The best non alcoholic beer joke. He would say non alcoholic beer is a lot like, uh, or is just like a vibrator with no batteries. It fills you up without the buzz. Hi. So good. I'm Jason Lamb. It's such a good joke. Yeah, he's a great joke writer. He's really good. He's good at puns, too. Uh, and what were we just saying before that, though? We're not sure. 
Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. To be honest, in real I life, don't like being when shushed. do I shush you? Of course, nobody likes being shushed. That's the joke. Nightmare. When in real life do I actually shush you? How many ha- has that happened? Um, what did in you 11 tell me, years. What did you tell me to say again in front of people? Uh, never. Never. Okay, is that okay? Good girl. Good Ooh, that's girl. That's just gross. I know people that say good girl. Good I hate people girl. that say good girl when it's like uh, in a perverse way. Like, let's say you're at a strip club or something, or or you see a video. Someone will show you a video of someone twerking. That's a good girl. Good. Girl. I know it's so gross. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Who are you? Well, it's also like you know when you say that's a good girl, it's either a parent saying that to a child inappropriate when it comes to twerking, or it's to a pet or something, which is just so inappropriate. That's a good girl. Ew. Or you'll yuck. see, uh, or, or you'll see like a video of a girl like deep throating a banana, or just showing how deep. <laughs> that's a good girl. Who's good gr- who, where are you seeing? I've this? seen that. I've heard uh, men. What jerk offs say this? Yeah, oh, that's a good girl. Or Ew. or if or if she's uh, got a potty mouth and uh, curses a lot. Oh, good girl. It's like oh my god, gross. it's so gross. That's like I used to do a joke all the time. Remember that joke about the banana? Like it's hard to eat a banana in public yeah. as as a woman. Like I I barely remember that joke. That's why it's good to make CDs because then I'm gonna go listen to that banana joke. Remember what it was all about. But it's a great joke. But bottom line is uh all of your jokes are so good. Thank you. Uh you feel so self conscious when you're eating a banana as a woman out like walking by and you, you just gotta anyway, there's listen to the bit. <laughs> you you really don't remember it, it's funny. You're well, like, I don't want to perform it either. It okay. feels ridiculous. Well, you're but, just on the couch, nobody knows. You know what I mean. Um Miller says, say it to your boyfriend playing golf and he makes the shot. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> the um Oh, that was weird. I PM know. says, That's when I call my wife Bebe. I never do that, but when I have spectators. <laughs> Loves it. Loves it. And sp- then Kevin also said something funny here. In a small town, you gotta lock it up quick. Small pool. That's like, true, and that's yeah. that's one hundred percent accurate. And that's um, that's what my friend was saying when he was, because you don't think of that in in like say Toronto. If if you're single at thirty, it's like who cares? You'll meet someone. But absolutely, when you're single and thirty in a small town, that's what my friend was referring to when he was talking about my other friend. He goes, oh shit, I would not want to be single at thirty because everybody's taken. And also, what happens in small towns? You everybody dates everybody. Like all the every, it ends up swapping. Like the most unlikely couples end up together. This person, that anyway. Yeah, and even living here, like I've never lived in such a small area before. Like I grew up in Ottawa. Oh, this is a small town. It's big right, town. right. But this is a majorly small town. But I've never really spent this much time in a small town ever. I just realized that because I grew up in Ottawa. Lived in Toronto, Vancouver, New York, and really, even in Ottawa, it's the smallest of all of those cities that I just listed, but we were in a suburb, and like you did feel like there were a lot of people. Like It's not like you felt like there was a small pool at all. Now that we're here, and of course we've been in a relationship this time, you can, you know, I, I don't think about it, but then I see other people who I know are single and dating, and you also have to be very careful when you're dating in a small town, because if you, you know... 
if you do something untoward or whatever, those people don't go away and everybody sees everybody every single day. Like everybody knows everything, everything here. Great use of untoward. (laughs) But it's true, like we kind of like hiding in our house and not really socializing too much. Uh, obviously love the community. Like the community is amazing here. There's actually an emergency fund here where if somebody goes through a crisis, like a fire or, um, illness or something like that, the, the fund is there to help people that really need it. I mean, that's, what's good about small communities. There's disadvantages because you have no anonymity, but there are people, people freaking come together. In fact, so much so that they'll actually reach out to people. Yeah. You don't even have to apply because cause they'll say, well, maybe... Because some people are are ashamed or they're um, too shy to ask for help. A lot of people are like that. And the fund will actually... The people that control the funds Go of ahead. the fund will actually reach out to people because they've heard... Because that's the thing about small communities. Everybody knows when someone's going through something and they help out, which is really nice. Hi. Hi, I'm small community member Jen Grant. Hmm. Uh, hold on. You you? No, no. Oh. I wanted you to keep talking about the community. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, when we first moved here, I talked about this before, but Oh, is that the community soundtrack? Keep talking. Go ahead. Okay. Jeez. You're breaking <laughs> I the fourth went to wall. I went to the uh, post office and I was talking to the lady there and she was like, uh, oh, are you, because uh, when people can see that you're not from here they're, or that you, they don't recognize you, they're mm. like, oh, are you, are you just visiting here? And then they start prying with all the questions. The community, it really just reaches in oh. and grabs all of your secrets. You have no secrets when you live in a community. Don't have an affair with your neighbor. Everyone will know. I think they call that shit where you eat. <laughs> uh, speaking of shushing, I just wanted because before we get too far from it, I mean we're already too far from it. We're done. But uh, the uh, the difference. This is a big difference between French audiences and English audiences doing comedy. I've seen this happen in French several times. Okay. And Miller, who's watching, can attest to this in English, and you, Jen, and myself. I've seen French hosts shush audiences, and it works. Like, give me an example. People are talking, hey, 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 and people stop, and then they get back to their material. Oh my God, I love that. You do that in English, you get a glass thrown at you. I love that, though. I know, but that just goes to show the difference in... in I'm going to try it. Shushing, yeah. Give her give her hell. You know what we do in English? At least I can speak for myself. I don't shush. I shame. Yeah. I shame the people so that they... Like, I, I love it. I love it. when, Especially when men will try to heckle me and embarrass me or and and by the way for people who are not comedians when i say heckle it's so rare that somebody actually says you suck it's not that it's just they're trying to be funnier than the comedian or something they've got like this this low self-esteem and they come into the comedy show they think uh they think it's about them instead of the the show and i think they're helping often yeah and they want to show their friends watch this well we have a friend that um 
Matt, who always heckles. Every show he comes to, he heckles. And he genuinely thinks he's helping. He's like, it'll, I'll throw a pebble to the comedians on. I'm like, don't heckle. And then I, he comes to a show and he heckles. Yeah. But not like you suck or anything like you said, but he'll like, oh yeah, they're going to love it. And then it inevitably creates a moment <laughs> like a pop because, because comedians are skilled enough to deal with it and you get a big laugh from it. And sometimes it gets a bigger laugh than almost anything you've done during your set because it's in the moment and people exactly. love it. Exactly. So he th- he's like, I did that. I helped. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. I did that. I created that pop. And it's like, no, it's never better than just let us do our jobs. And he just doesn't get it. He's been to dozens and dozens of shows over the years. And I, every time I'm like, just shut your mouth. And he has a few beer. And every time he'll, he'll like answer to a punchline and then throw something out there. And Anyway. Sometimes, sometimes some audience members, certain demographics age demographics are uh they think their shit doesn't stink they think they're the best like the age group between about 19 to 23 i find and i'm really generalizing because i know a lot of people that are around that age that are not like this so it's not everyone but i i mostly notice if it's a bunch of guys around that age they think they are the center of the universe. They think they're most the most hilarious. They have no life experience, very little at that age. Go in and they think they're just so funny. And like I'm up on stage, a lot older than them, and they're like, "What do I want to listen to this like this woman talk about?" You know what I mean? And then and then they'll say stuff like sarcastically, but in a way, if you think about it, what. Like a lot of comedy when it's funny is because it's relatable. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't have to be relatable. I mean, if you don't have any life experience, basically the older you get, even if you're not the exact race, gender, uh, you don't have the same perspective or political leanings or whatever, it doesn't matter because mostly we've all experienced something that is similar. So if you have some life experience, you can kind of grasp on to the concept of what this person's talking about. But when you're 20... Go ahead. No, no, go finish. No, and then, anyways, I love shaming people. So when, oh. <laughs> when they, when they want to be like rude to a comedian or to myself when I'm on stage, and, and I like the shushing idea. I might try it uh, because I love that idea. But I also like shaming people because if they think they're going to try to take control of the show. I have a lot of experience and I love putting them in their place and they naturally just shut up. Like I don't have to shush them because they realize, Oh shit. Like I can't win here. Go ahead. Speaking of taking control of the show, (laughs) the, uh, but it's not just guys of that. I think it's just the age gap. I've never seen true. Like the most dislike look of disdain on, I've been doing sets and you look out and you'll see like a 19-year-old girl just looking at me like I'm bothering her. Right. Like I'm keeping so you know her what I mean from then. a better time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah, so fr- fr- I've seen French comics, MCs, shush audiences and it works. And every time I'm like, you would get a chicken wing uh, thrown at you in a club in English. I feel mm-hmm. like if you shushed. So, and then they'll do this thing where we go... And go da 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 da, and everybody goes ch ch, and it's like, I'm like, what the fuck? Where <laughs> I are we? I love it. I love it. Hey, um, I have a question for you. Hey, go ahead. If 
someone threw a chicken wing at you, would you immediately get off stage? No. What would you do? Uh, what if they kept kept uh, throwing, throwing chicken it wings? At you? Well, yeah. fuck, then there's a very serious issue with security at the venue. Sometimes that happens, though. I mean, if they keep throwing chicken wings. People need to know something just before we keep going because Miller says, where's the smoke coming from? And then Laura Stewart says, JD is on fire, so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I've got this uh, cigarette here. Cig- little cigarello? It's an incense stick. <laughs> It, incense, I burn it. I don't know why I like it. I love the smell of it. It reminds me of uh, the first incarnation of Lemon Press Studios in the distillery district in uh, Toronto, St. Lawrence Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back in the day, I would always burn specifically Nag Champa incense. And so that's what it is. <laughs> I'm just watching the the replay, if you will. Of you taking a drag of incense. Um, Denise said, it seems people can't just be entertained these days. They need to be part of the show. Yes, Jen, they think they are the center of the universe. Which is what, which is because uh, so much is consumed online and you can just comment anything you wanted, anything you wanted anytime. Like that show I did in Gatineau in front of no audience. It was great big theater, no audience. Uh, There was a tech crew. There was three camera uh, guys. There was lighting, sound. The other comics. So you heard laughs. It was actually a lot of fun. But the thing, the annoying thing was there was this giant projector screen in front of me. You couldn't see it at home. This giant projector screen like hanging off the balcony and showing live comments because it was live on Facebook and on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. And so people were commenting as you're doing your set. And it's like that's an issue because if you're performing live... And people have thoughts. They keep those thoughts to themselves for the most part. Maybe one person out of so many will heckle. Uh, and that's not even every show. It'll just happen where someone will say something. Mm-hmm. Again, nine times out of ten, it's not even malicious. It's just they think they're legitimately helping out the show. And they answer one of your punchlines. Or they, you know, say something. And you put them in their place. You have a moment. Then it's over. Because everybody else in the room realizes, I don't want to say that. Because obviously, then you become center of attention for a few seconds or minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's usually kept under wraps. But then while you're doing this show for the internet, I'm seeing just all these comments because people are at home. There's no filter because they're sitting behind their computer screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're just commenting. I mean, they were all positive uh, comments, but still, uh, I was stressed about that. I'm like, anyone could just say anything like, ugh, this guy said this is not funny or whatever. Actually, there's one older woman she said, next, please, or something like that as I'm on stage. <laughs> it was all like good comments. And then she's like, next performer, please. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Oh, my like, God. You, you wouldn't see that or if someone felt that way in a in comedy French? show before. In French, she said that? Yeah, she said, le prochain. <laughs> and so. Did you say anything? No. I mean, what am I going to do? No, no. I know. Oh, I, I would not. I would not. You know me. Yeah, but I it would ruins not. it for everyone else if you just go off on that one con. It's just like, come on. It's not. It doesn't, though. Yes, it does. I, 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 th- I think sometimes you should just plow through things. 
You, well, if you I guess address it depends. every little thing all the time, it's like, okay, get to the fucking material. Maybe it depends on the individual, but I don't know. I would not be able to resist saying something. I, I wouldn't be able to sometimes hear that you have and to, just Sometimes keep going. it's so frustrating to watch someone address every single thing that's happening. It's like, please get to the material. It's like, we get it. Things, are, but no, uh, some you got to pick and choose. Depends how loud that person said it. If the person says it loud, you have to address it. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of if course. If you're brand new, maybe no, no, not. No, no, but no, no, no. Of course, if it's loud and you have to address it. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's not even uh, a thing that's loud. You're like, oh, look at this person. Why, why that face? And then you can't. You keep talking. You keep addressing things in the room. It's like, okay, just do some material for. The people that aren't either close to that person. Of course, a loud heckle, you have to dress it or if a glass shatters, but... It also depends if you're good at that. Like, I've seen some comedians, it's not... Good or not, sometimes it's annoying and you're like, no, no, just no, get but, back to the material. But wait, let me just finish. So, some you're right, absolutely. But sometimes the the one really exciting thing about stand-up, one of the exciting things about stand-up is that it's when you're in a showroom is that it's a live thing and this is a real thing that's happening in the moment. If you have, for instance, I don't know, six people on a show back to back doing like 10 minute sets or whatever, you kind of, it's fun seeing some variety. Like if somebody... I don't think I'm explaining myself properly. I, that's just a totally different thing. Yes, of course, it's fun to see different things. But sometimes even if it's one person that says something... Not even that loud. You dress it. You dress it. You dress. If you keep going back to it over and over and over and over and over, it's like eventually it's like okay, go back to the material. Like like so everybody can feel involved because sometimes they don't. He- not everybody hears what's said or whatever. No, I obviously if things happen outside the act, address it. Be in the moment. Do stuff. Sometimes it's too much. You're yeah. Just like, and oh some- my god, it's okay. We get it. And some people are not good at it. Like some people, it's not their strength, you know? Like I've seen people try to do it and then it gets awkward. Even when they are good at it. That's what I'm saying. Even if they are good at it, sometimes it's just like, okay, move on. Well, PM here uh, says, I like comedians who put hecklers on, on the stage just to show them it's not easy and shut them up. Yeah. And, and Laura says she agrees. So... You know, I guess it just depends, Jules. And I know you you also see that the value in that too, but it can get to the point no, addressing where... Addressing to a certain I, li- extent. I'm, I, listen, you're not listening. I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm throwing you a ball here. I'm saying that I'm you can't... There. I I took a breath. Is <laughs> You're doing exactly what the, you said you don't like the comedian doing. <laughs> Forget it. No, I'm not no. throwing any balls at you. No, throw my balls. Or no. balls. No. No, what were you going to say? Come on, please. I was just going to say that I I agreed with you to some extent because some people and myself included, I've been guilty of that where I hear everything and I address everything on certain shows and then I'm annoyed with myself because I haven't gotten to the new material I wanted to try. I didn't I, I didn't get to do. But then sometimes I do that and it ends up being this really fun show because it's all in the moment. And one thing I can tell uh, comics and audience members have come up to me in the past saying, I love what you, when you can do stuff in the moment and when people talk to you, like it, it's all very organic and, and they enjoy that. So I, I think there's some, some value in it if you feel comfortable doing it and you're, uh, you, you can somewhat do it, you know, proficiently and confidently. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, but in, in a 
for a short period of time and then move on. That's what I mean. Yeah. No matter how proficient or confident you are, eventually it's just like, okay. Laura says, and I also love when another audience member will tell them just shut the fuck up. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love that too. I love that. And you know what? One of my pet peeves as a comic is, is when I can tell the audience is super annoyed with a table that's drunk and talking because they can't, because the rest of the audience can't enjoy it because they're being so disruptive to the show. Then I call them out and I make a joke about it or I just call them out and then no one backs me up on it. And then I have to say to everybody, okay, if you don't applaud or back me up, I just look like a bitch and I know you guys are all annoyed with this table. And then they all erupt after that. But we're Canadians. We're so polite and we're so careful all the time. You're sitting in a crowd this audience member, you've paid 20 or $25 for a ticket and this, this table is disrupting the whole show and you can't even pay attention to the comedy because they're talking the whole time or heckling or whatever. And then I say something as a comic and everybody stays quiet because they're like, well, I don't want them to, I don't want to piss them off or make them feel uncomfortable. It's like, what the hell? I yeah, know. So frustrating. Yeah. You are one of the best to uh, put people in their place. Thank you. You're welcome. Look at me taking compliments. Not deflecting. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're very good at it too, oh Jules. Oh my gosh. There I get That's I deflected. That's not why I said it though. I deflected. Daily dose. Daily dose. Get the news from coast to coast. Daily dose. Daily dose. All your news from coast to All coast. News in the headlines from and here's your daily dose for friday july 31st holy crow it is august tomorrow what the hell holy crow medicine show so uh here is an interesting point that i like to see brought up in the news it's very positive i'm starting off positive again but um if you've ever lived in an urban center which you and i have jules there are waste collectors that are often called binners. Have you ever heard of this? Or diverters. I've never heard of that I've term. I've heard uh, dumpster divers. Yeah, they maybe not maybe not the best term that they like, dumpster divers. You're right. To, they're not always diving. Dumpster cannonballers. <laughs> Dumps, dumpster pencil dive. Go ahead. Sorry. They're typically... Or, or if maybe you're not as limble, limble, nimble, nimble, you're maybe just a du- dumpster climber, a mm. dumpster uh, stepper inner. They are uh, typically, co- they collect refundable items in order to earn money. And as it turns out, they're pointing out that they serve a very important function fulfilling a vital role for the environment because the act of recovering these recyclables contributes to the circular economy and diverts a considerable amount of waste from landfills. So that's pretty cool. And there's in this article, they're suggesting that they, they make this like a legitimate profession where they are, um, these workers are actually part of our workforce and are protected by labor laws and all kinds of things because they're making money. I mean, they probably like being off the grid. If you become part of the the system, you're going to have to like claim uh, well, your will, income and stuff. Will like they that. be off the grid? Does it count as off the grid if there's a dumpster diver union? No. Didn't you just say that they should have labor law, like labor? Yeah. Right. Uh, it wouldn't be. No, it wouldn't be off the grid anymore. 
And um, but but they'd also be protected under the right. labor laws if they were part of it. And and what they're trying to say is that there's a lot of value in this job. So the next time you are you know uh, being if, if someone's being snobby and walking by one of these people, they're actually playing a, an important role in the environment. Okay. And you know when I first moved to Vancouver uh, a while back, I remember it was kind of a new concept to me because I didn't, I was coming from Ottawa and I was, uh, I, I don't know. I felt like I didn't really see a lot of, a lot of, uh, dumpster divers, diverters, binners. I don't know. It didn't seem like it was as common back then. I thought they were doing it for food. I didn't know that was a thing for refundable items. Like what, did they give examples? Like, what do you mean? Um, well, I think because you get money from returning certain bottles. Oh, I thought you meant like they found like uh, uh, a toy car in the trash and they go back to Toys R Us. You're like, this is defective. Could I have my money back? (laughs) Oh, no, no. That's what I actually thought you meant. Oh, okay. No. Hmm. No. Because you said returning. I don't know. I'm dumb. No, you're not. I'm the dumb one in the relationship. Yes. (laughs) So I remember staying with my cousin when I first moved to Vancouver and they said uh because we always recycled our bottles or return actually this is what it was we used to return in Ontario you return your your beer bottles like you you fill up your two four and then you bring it back and get your next box of beer because you get like you know I don't know a two four is two bucks I think it's a buck a a 12 pack roughly so I think it's like two dollars and 40 cents it was anyway 10 10 cents a bottle so you just save them and you kind of collect them and the next time you go to the beer store you bring back your cases but they don't they didn't do that in vancouver my cousin didn't do that and she, and he said that they like putting the bottles in the thing because they feel that they're almost like donating money to people who collect them for like that's their job so he's like i feel good about doing that because they want the money and they, right. they take them back. And then that way I don't have to take them back. And you're not saving that much money. So anyway. Yeah. We just uh, throw ours out in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do the recycle bin at the driveway. Yeah. I don't want to bring like stack bottles in the yeah. carport or in the shed and then load the cart up. and car Exactly. Up. Unless you do it case at a time when you go. Because uh, you can do it in Quebec at the Dépanneurs. We. Oui. You just bring a uh, case and they yeah take a let's, buck off. We did that for a while, but that's just more stuff hanging around, and I'd rather no. just get it out in the. Yeah, it's not worth it. And plus, we don't drink that much beer that it's worth it. Yeah. Um, Skip the middleman right in the river. You're the king of uh, sound mates. Sound mates. Here's another story. Here, Air Transit. Plans to cancel all flights from Western Canada to sunny destinations and the U.S. this winter with refunds en route to customers, a policy about face in the COVID-19 era. The airline is scrubbing all southbound routes that were slated to take off from Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Victoria. Air Transat parent Transat AT told customers this week. So I guess um, the only routes out of Western Gateways between November 1st and April 30th will be from Vancouver to Toronto and Montreal and some connecting flights to Europe via Toronto. So I guess, um, I guess, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting story because that's like far in advance now. Yeah. And they're, and they're canceling these uh, flights. And um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 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 So uh, Trump is, um, for the first time, floating a delay to November's presidential election. Oh, this is scary times. As he makes uh, uh, unsubstantiated allegations that increased mail-in voting will result in fraud. And I guess there's pretty much no one backing him up. Uh, he he tweeted, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, he says. He says that because he has absentee voted in the past many times where you send in, you mail in your vote. Mm-hmm. That's why he's d- saying not because absentee. Because he's done it? Yeah. yeah. So he's he's like, if somebody calls him out on it. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent, and he puts that in quotes and uh, caps, election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safe, safe. He's not going to go out. If they, if they, if he loses, he's not going to leave. He's a dictator. He's going to not accept the results of the election. He'll demand to redo it or whatever. He's not going to yeah, but w- transfer power. Will he win? T- to like, how can he just say that he? He's the president. Yeah, I know, but if he doesn't get voted, uh, there's there's still a uh, there's you're not right away president. The election is in November, and, and then the other the person like this case, Joe Biden, would be president elect until January twenty first or twenty second. So he's still in power until January. Mm. He's not going to leave. Uh, and but he might win actually. Just like last time he started he was saying leading up to it how it was rigged just so he can have a plan to say he, if he loses, you know, yeah, it was rigged. Last time he was saying it was rigged and then he won. Stopped saying it was rigged right, right away. Ugh. Actually no, he didn't. He still claimed that over 300 or 3 million um uh, votes because Hillary had won the popular vote by three million votes, and he was saying those were all illegal mm. immigrants that voted. Ugh. Um, well, this I found encouraging. A Wyoming senator, John Barrasso, was one of the first Republicans, one of the first Republicans, to pour cold water on Trump's suggestion in a televised interview, saying. No, we're not going to delay the election, he told Fox Business Network on Thursday morning, yesterday morning. We're going to have the election completed and voting completed by election day. It's going to take a while to get all the votes counted, I am certain. And they mail-in voting, there's no, there's nothing to back up the claim that it's going to be more fraudulent than regular voting. Yeah. He's saying any anybody and everybody Why? will get a mail in vote. Why does he care then? Well, he's he's posturing his, himself to in case he loses, it, he can say it was rigged. Actually, they're suing the state of California bec- to put an end to it, to not to uh, to put a stop to uh, the mail in votes. Because the the truth is, the fewer people vote, the better chances he has to win. Because Republicans vote, uh, and so. When there's fewer numbers, it's a larger percentage of Republicans that vote. And he's saying that mail-in votes will be uh, fraud because everybody and anybody will get them. It'll be easier for people to vote. Even illegal uh, immigrants will get them and so on. But it's not true. Only registered voters will get ballots in the mail. Right. Ugh. 
He's so annoying. I have so much shake in my mustache. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it says here that top Republicans in Congress soon followed an agreement, which I like to hear. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said the election date is set in stone, while House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy said the election should go forward as planned. So, I don't know. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm, that is good. Um, this is a crazy story in New Br- in uh, Nova Scotia. On July 17th, local store owner Tim McIntosh received a call that a boat carrying two people had entered Lockport Harbor and needed gas. So this guy who has the store, uh, his small store in nearby Lydgate, do you know Lydgate? No. Has gas pumps. So he got in his truck and drove to the wharf. When he arrived and greeted the man and woman carrying gas cans, they immediately got in his truck and he took them back to the store. This store owner said that they had an accent. So he asked where they were from. The man told him they were from a small town in Quebec, but had been on the water for five weeks. He said their hometown had no cases of COVID-19. He said, we should be more than safe. Nothing to worry about, McIntosh said. While the couple may not have had the coronavirus, they brought another kind of trouble with them. The next day, while the 12-meter North Star sailboat was docked at a yacht club in Halifax, authorities from the Canada Border Services Agency boarded the boat and seized... 270 kilograms of what they suspected was cocaine. Shut up, actually, I was joking. Yes, hidden throughout the vessel. The drugs, they said, were valued at around, get this, $33.8 million. Where were they coming from? Isn't that insane? Where were the drugs coming from? Um, They arrested the two people, I think it was from, he he kept saying he was from Quebec, but said that uh, he initially told them that they had been on the water for four weeks and come from St. Martinique in the Caribbean. It's not clear whether he meant the island of Martinique. The man assured this guy that he had no contact with others in recent weeks. And um, upon further questioning, acknowledged he'd been in Port of Salem, Massachusetts, three days earlier for food and fuel. So... um, yeah. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find out a little bit more information about where they were from. I don't see anything here. But it's kind of strange how, like, what you're supposed to do when you come in through via the water, mm-hmm. via, um, you are supposed to, like, it seems that it's a bit of an, on the honor system. You're supposed to, like, contact um, an agency and let people know that you've arrived. But if you're up to no good, obviously you can you can sneak in pretty easily. I bet you that happens quite a bit. Hmm. Yeah, so that's all the information I have about that. And that is your daily dose. Oh, I thought that was going to be. I thought that was going to be your new uh, closer. So that's all of the information that I have for today. <laughs> it's just so catchy. <laughs> daily dose. Daily dose. Get the news from coast to coast. Daily news, daily news. All your news from coast to coast. All the news and the Oh, man. Oh, Maureen Waddy is watching. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, Mother. You can go pish. I actually don't have to go. Whoa. What is happening? 
What's happening now? Um, looking for the song. Sorry. Oh, here it is. <laughs> I'm just watching the Daily Dose dance where you flip your head back. Mm-hmm. You fun in my... This oh, episode of yeah. the Julian Dion Show with Jen Grant is brought to you once again by Gringo's Blazing Sauces. Do yourself a favor and go to Gringo's Blazing Sauces for a wide variety of the best hot sauces, jellies, grilling sauces, and salsas. Hot so sauces. Good. Out there, Doug Knight, chef by trade, and his wife, Flora, our friends and yours, are obsessed with uh, the finding the perfect balance between heat and flavor with only the best hand-selected fresh ingredients, and they nail it every time. Honestly, the best hot sauce I've ever had in my life. And I should know, I'm a pepperhead. Gringosblazingsauces.com. <laughs> it's uh, f- free shipping for orders over $40 in Canada, but they ship all over North America. And listeners of this program get an additional 5% off at checkout by entering promo code JD5 at checkout. Checkout, checkout. That's right. <laughs> If you're a listener of this, go to gringosblazingsauces.com. You get free shipping. Enter JD5. You get 5% off on top of that. It's practically given to you. Gringosblazingsauces.com. Gringosblazingsauces.com. Do it today. Do it today. Cut it. It's so good. I've never. All right. Yeah, today's show. You've never finished a bottle of hot sauce until today. Go to gringosblazingsauces.com and finish that shit. Sink it back. Throw the bottle away. Recycle it for your local dumpster diver. (laughs) I don't think they get money back for those ones. No. (laughs) Well, if they're going to be picky. Get it? That's a pun because you're picking. Uh, uh, uh. Picking garbage. Let's see if we feel it. If we feel anything happening. Hee-ho-hee, this is called. All right. Today. No, that's not a sing song. Today we, um. (laughs) I love it when you get all high. Oh. Well, we. (laughs) I can't. Well, not on that one. Let's see. Shit, alright. This kind of sounds uh, a little bit happy, a little bit sad, right down the middle. Just like your sarcastic racist jokes, right down the middle. It's sarcasm, it's not real. Remember when? <laughs> I think I'm going to start shushing the audience and then if I see someone doing something pervy, say good girl. Because <laughs> this is the type of world I want to live in. Anytime a girl says something pervy, I want to say good girl in a weird, <laughs> disgusting way. I want to creep people around me and show them my deep-seated, <laughs> disturbing level of horny. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> if you twerk, I'd say good girl. If you say a dirty word, I'll say good girl. If you slap your own ass, I'll say <laughs> good girl. 
Because I'm a disgusting human and for some reason it turns me on when you <laughs> do things and I say good girl. <laughs> if you kiss your girlfriend on the lips, I'll say good girl. Or if you hug somebody and jump up and down, I'll say good girl. <laughs> Even worse, I'll whisper it under my breath. Good girl. Good girl, good girl. <laughs> Gross. It's so hot when you do those things. <laughs> when you run into the water and jump in real quick, I'll say, Good girl. <laughs> good girl. If you smoke a cigarette, I'll say, Good girl. I kind of like this song. If Is that you weird? eat a banana, I'll say, Good girl. <laughs> if you suck in a popsicle, I'll say, Oh, good girl. Okay. <laughs> I no, don't like. Yeah, but I'm the character. I'm I'm saying how disgusting it actually is. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. What about if? Oh, okay, it's over. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I liked the way this. you sang that though. No, really. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Hmm. What if? What if it was good girl for like things that are like more respectable? All right. Somebody says something at you, <laughs> to you at the office, something sexual, and you come back at them. I'm going to say, good girl. Way to go, girl. <laughs> I'm so happy that you stood up for yourself. Good girl. <laughs> you see someone fighting, a man and a woman, and you stand up, and you get right in between them. I'll say, good girl. <laughs> someone says, nice pants. And I say, and you go, fuck off. I'll say, good girl. Yeah. How about when it's garbage day and you've forgotten to take out the garbage? Oh, good girl. But then I bring out the garbage because I'm a good girl. <laughs> good girl. You make me a sandwich, I say good girl. No. No, no, no. no you've that lost. one doesn't no. work. No. Uh, when you get on top of doing taxes, good girl. No, I don't know. What, what other situations? Good girl. When... when um, when you're out and somebody holds the door for you and you say thank you very much, but I could have done it myself. Oh, good girl. Good girl. When you walk past me, wearing yoga pants, I'll say good girl. Oh no, we're no, back no, to the no, perv, no, right? No. <laughs> what about when you, uh, I don't know, I can't think of anything <laughs> on the spot. Good girl. <sighs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to. Oh, po, po Pauline says, "Good boy." <laughs> Thank you. What a good boy! Oh, what a good boy! That's funny. It's like, geez, that sounds <laughs> weird when you stop the music, and I'm just like, give me what a good boy. <laughs> it's funny, like, good girl. It's weird that we call women girls, but you don't call necessarily men boys. This is the horseshit reverse patriarchy world that we live in, and I'm sick of it. So true. How do you think I feel? When you stand up to the patriarchy, you know what I say if to you're that? You're sick of it. Good girl. <laughs> You stand up and demand a raise, good girl. You. Uh, anyway. Oh, this is called Build the Killer. 
chicks. <laughs> I like this. Shushing you. Don't shush me. We talked about Indian matchmaker. Uh, I'm not. I think we're done. Silka just said, just check out YouTube. Jen Grant, Missy Elliott, 100%. Thanks, Silka. Yeah. Thanks Good for the girl. shout out. Good girl for the shout out. Giving the shout out. Let's Gross. put an end to good girl all around, whether it's in a pervy way. Mm, good girl. Oh, she's probably shouting me out because that's like... A good girl song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do, do go Jenny G uh, on YouTube. and. I wonder if I remember how to even like all the words to that song. Remember how long it took me to mm-hmm. get it right? Good girl. Oh, uh, and I meant to tell you that Silka had mentioned a comment earlier that she likes it. The mafioso, mafioso, mafioso look and performance from Julian a lot. You know, when you do your, oh the black and white. I'll do it, but I ha- I don't have an incense stick. Do you want me to get you one or do you want to? Yeah, just get me one. I'll close with that. Okay. One second. I'll close with that. Anyway, thank you for uh, watching, everybody. We are going for the close. We're going a little bit longer today. Uh, not really. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Tis what it is. And uh, feel free to share as you do and subscribe. I started putting the links on the descriptions of the show and the posts. I started putting links to uh, all of our platforms so it makes it easier for... Uh, for oh, thank you. There's your arm. There's Jen Grant's arm. Why don't you pop in here? You have bedhead with your house coat on? All right. First, you got to do this. You got to do this. Are you gone? I'm right here. What are you doing? I just came back. I just. Oh. Jeez. Well, I feel like sometimes you leave and you're like, oh, we're on these errands now. What? <laughs> good, you're insane. Good girl. All right. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't know if I have. You're such a good boy. Oh, okay. Actually, this is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. I'm on stage doing a joke. <laughs> Silka's happy. Uh, I'm on stage. Whoops. That's too. Okay. I'm on, everything's normal. I'm on stage. And uh, I get heckled. Heckle me, Jen. Okay. Um, anyway, so then I told her, good girl. Next. Next performer. This No, I'm over it. This is my internal dialogue when I get heckled. <laughs> this bitch <laughs> just interrupted my performance. <laughs> the gumption. The things I would do to her now. Hey. What do you mean? What do you mean, hey? That sounded reminiscent of my experience. Oh, no. She's not, oh, it's sexual? She heckled me. I'm offended. Now I want to bang her. That's, no, this is not going to work. Hello? Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm out of it now. 
No. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Okay, all right. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> I really uh, have to. I wouldn't mind feeding her firstborn to her. No, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm all out of it now because I'm scared to say anything, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, that happened to me." Don't blame me. You, you, hello, you just okay. Actually, you just heckled me. Huh. <laughs> Jen had to make it about her again. We talked about the control of the show earlier and uh, <laughs> live shows, and looks like no matter what we say, it comes back right to her. <laughs> I mean, I love her and all. It's just obviously she loves her more. Aww. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know. What about hecklers, though, aside from me? <laughs> they think they're helping. <laughs> Meanwhile, all that they're helping is me finding more creative ways to do things to them behind the shed. <laughs> Not sexual. Violent. Not violent. Uh, more uh, shaming. <laughs> uh, I'm digging myself into a hole that... I don't know that I thought I'll ever get out. Speaking of holes... <laughs> Remember when the government was recommending glory holes? Hmm. Your mom's watching, so let's not elaborate on that. <laughs> All right. That's just... I, I don't know. I'm not feeling it, I guess. <sighs> but you have so much left to your sig. I know. It's a long sig. All right. It's one of those 100s. Thanks, Hilka. I'll do it. Uh, I'll keep that in mind because I forgot about that character. Yeah, it's a good one. So I'll bring it back in one of the episodes next week. All right? When okay. it's When it's more natural and less forced. But to your comment and your suggestion, I say, good girl. <laughs> good girl, Silka. Oh, gross. I know, it's so gross. The way your your tone, too, like, mm, she says thanks, Julian. Ew, the, to the, the sound of your, you're like, yeah, good girl. It's vocal frying. Good it's girl. all, like, whispery. Good girl. What's that thing called that people listen to? Because they like it. It's ASMR? Like, yeah, that's so weird. Good girl. Here, good. hold on, I'll crank my mic and do it. Hey, Silka. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Julian here, host of the Julian Dion Show. Oh my god, it's weird. I just want to say that good girl. <laughs> Thank you for your suggestion. Oh my goodness. It's making me feel like Sorry, having weird. A, well, it is supposed to make you feel weird. It's supposed to make you have a head orgasm. Which Oh my god, it's so weird. It's as gross as it sounds. Ew. Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> Good girl, it's just awful. <laughs> oh my god. And once again, there's a rule in show business that we've broken time and time again. They say, <laughs> leave them wanting more. We always leave you wanting less. Nah, nah, nah. This is the Julian <laughs> Dion Show live on Facebook at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern, Mondays through Friday, and then available on demand as of 9.30 all over, all across podcasting platforms distributed worldwide. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and liking. If you haven't already, please do so. It really helps the show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you reading comments or something? No, oh. I'm laughing at you. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Gen Z, 
Love you. We'll see you Monday. Love you. We'll be. Love you. Good boy. Oh, good girl. Good boy. Oh, I'm all uh, lightheaded from the whispering ASMR. <laughs> Uh, okay, everybody, enjoy your Friday, your Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. And as always, watch your head. You spend your life looking for what you already got. Such a beautiful waste of time. Waste of time. A beautiful waste of time. A beautiful waste of time Just a waste of time The whole world wants a piece of my head But they all get a piece of my mind instead I roll over and go back to bed It's such a beautiful waste of time Waste of time